We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Play the same sports that men play is something that literally builds a family dynamic, builds friendships, builds your future, builds you as a human being. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. Welcome into the first ever episode of Our Stories, a podcast by KC Sports Network on the women in sports of Kansas City, brought to you by our friends at Holiday Distillery. So excited to be here. Cannot think of a better person to kick this off with than my dear friend, longtime broadcaster, former pro football player, now executive director of communications with the KC Current, Danny Welniak. Marlia, thank you so much for having me. Like, what an honor it is to be a part of this and to help kickstart such a really cool podcast. And the fact that you're getting to spearhead it, I know it's going to be fantastic. So I am incredibly honored and blessed to, A, call you a friend, but also B, to be a part of what you're doing here in Kansas City with KCSN. Thank you. I'm so glad, gosh, our crazy careers brought us together. Wild. This is the best. So I want (laughs) to talk about a million things, and I want to talk about specifically where we are right now, because I can't think of a better person to start this with, but also the setting we're in right now. Look at us kicking it off, right? At a brand new $18 million training facility, the first specifically built for a women's professional soccer team. And it's just for the Kansas City Current. So we got to open this up a couple weeks ago. The training facility is all downstairs. They've got their own branded weight room. They've got a masseuse. They've got their own chef, a kitchen. The pitches are absolutely beautiful and amazing. There's one turf one um, and two fields out there that are actually grass. Um, But all of the staff for the Kansas City Current is up on this level that we're sitting right now. And it's just phenomenal to see it all come together. And this is just the start because the training complex is the beginning of something much bigger with the stadium that is just for the Kansas City Current coming in the next couple of years. Yeah, this is a groundbreaking thing, not just in Kansas City, but in the world to have a facility just for this team in the city. How big is that, I guess, in the grand scheme of things to have this right here at home? Oh, it's huge because I think it's that kind of pinch yourself moment where you see all of the statistics come out and you, from my perspective now, get to encourage that and put that information out there and to see at the very end of a lot of these sentences, you're making history. This club is making history and it's the first 
in the world, the world. Yeah. It's just hard to fathom that that's right here in your own backyard and that you're getting a chance to be a part of that. Kansas City as a community is supporting that and helping build that. You and I are both former female athletes and I would consider us still athletes. So I'm just putting <laughs> that out there. But to have that and the first day that the women walked into this facility, there was this mixture of excitement and laughing and smiles, but also crying. And I think that kind of made me take a step back because that's kind of how I feel in that this is something you've worked your entire life for. And to be able to have something that's yours, that looks like, you know, a division one college, a men's professional team. And we, as you know, sports reporters take that for granted because you walk into the chief's facility or the Royals training facility or even KU's training facility. Mm -hmm. And you, that's what you see every day and you don't think anything of it, but women don't get that. And so to see that here in Kansas City, to have that support, to realize what Angie and Chris Long and Brittany are doing here in KC and supporting something that has never been done before is so cool and so breathtaking. And like I said, it's really a pinch me moment. Yeah. And what an exciting time. We're a week out from the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Um, you know, the World Cup is coming to Kansas City in 2026. It's just this perfect storm of things to happen where this is the moment where here in Kansas City, we're watching, you know, history. And to be at the forefront of all of that is what makes it so special. And to be able to say, hey, yeah, this is on or around the anniversary of Title IX, to utilize that and see how far we've come. And the fact that we're sitting here talking about this as making history, that you and I are a part of that, that we're alive during this time, mm -hmm. is something that's so unfathomable, I think, to me. Because as athletes, you just kind of hope for that and you expect that and you want that to be something that's the norm. You don't want it to be history making. You want it to be yeah. the first, but you certainly don't want it to be the last. Yep. Yeah. Um, and watching Kansas City just totally embrace this program and just get so excited and so behind it. That's just really special. Look, Kansas City is a sports town through and through. Yeah. And I'm going to say that and take that <laughs> to my grave. And that's why I love Kansas City so much is that, look, we may not have the mountains to go mountain climbing. We may not have the ocean to go surfing. But by gosh, on the weekend when the Chiefs, Royals, the Kansas City Current, Sporting KC, the colleges play, that's where we're at. That's where our, our community comes together and builds each other up and gets the opportunity even during the week to sit around wherever you work and say, man, did you see that this weekend? Were you there when this happened? To be a part of a city that thinks that way and kind of creates its values and its identity around that is something that you don't see, I think, anywhere else in the world. And that's what makes Kansas City so special to me. I think to a lot of these sports teams here, the professional teams and the local college teams as well. And so, I, yeah, it, it's so incredible to be a part of Kansas City and what this city is becoming. Yeah. We're going to talk way more about football later. Let's go. Well, let's talk about football for a moment because <laughs> okay. you are a former pro player. What got you involved in football in the first place? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> okay. So back in high school, I actually played um, my senior year on the Powder Puff team and um, had a friend who was a receiver for the Dallas Diamonds, which was a women's professional football team in Dallas at the time. And um, they came out to a Powder Puff game and proposed the idea of maybe playing women's professional football once I graduated high school, which seemed kind of crazy at the time. And now looking back when I explain the story, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> it doesn't really sound like something you should do. But when you grow up in Texas, a lot of times the opportunity to play football is incredibly limited. Sure. It's you're probably a cheerleader or a kicker if you play on your high school team or even your middle school teams. Now that's changing. 
obviously we've been able to do stories on um, young women who are breaking those barriers and those, yep. And those molds. Um, But in that moment, in that time, it was something that seemed so new and so exciting. And my biological dad played linebacker for the University of Nebraska. So there's that football background. Um, my mom was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. So we ended up going to a bunch of Cowboys games, fell in love with the sport there. And then the opportunity to be able to play it for the Dallas Diamonds was something that I, I could not pass up. Um, I was already an athlete. I played softball, volleyball basketball at the high school level, thought I was going to play softball at the collegiate level, ended up falling in love and wanting to try something new with football. So pursued that, ended up playing for the Dallas Diamonds as a slot receiver and running back for five seasons, I think it was. Um, and I, it has opened so many doors for me and I loved every second of it. And just to specify and clarify, um, this is 11 on 11, full tackle football, yeah. helmets, pads, all of that. Rules were the same as the NFL, except we kicked off from five yards shorter and the ball was a little bit smaller. So I just want to make sure that I put that disclaimer out there um, because there is some confusion sometimes, you know? And now as we're attempting to establish an identity for women's sports and women's football as well, there you go. There's my little asterisk. Yeah, there you go. And you had quite a bit of success at that level as well. Do I get to boast on myself you, a little yeah, bit? Please. Do I get to do I get to go over the resume? Yeah. Yes, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I am I am sporting the Super Bowl ring. So oh, I didn't um, even see yeah, that. How so did I not see that this we, whole time? I was blessed enough to be a part of the women's team that won the Super Bowl or the women's Super Bowl back in 2008. Um, it was Rookie of the Year back in 2007. I was a three-time Pro Bowler slash all-star and um, got to be a part of the first ever women's international team. And we won gold uh, back in 2010 over in Sweden. So such a blast and a blessing and opportunities and doors open that I never thought would be possible. And I fell in love with the sport and it is so incredible to see where that league is going, how different opportunities are opening for women in sports. And especially when it comes to football, when that's usually a, sport that has traditionally been viewed as a men's sport right. um, for women to be breaking barriers and boundaries in that sport as well. I think it's really cool. Yeah. You talk about doors opening. How did you get into sports broadcasting after your football <laughs> career was over? So it's kind of a crazy story. I thought <laughs> I was going to be a marine biologist. Um, oh yeah. We went to the aquarium together in Atlanta. Oh, aquariums <laughs> I learned a gym. lot. Like I learned a lot from breeding, <laughs> but I had a tour guide with me. <laughs> yeah. I can probably name off anything about any insect and any marine biological animal <laughs> that you you can think of or imagine yeah, uh, big fan of whale sharks, like, narwhals, you know, all yeah. that good stuff. So yeah, <laughs> if you need any of that, you can call me, tweet me, text me, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> sidebar. Uh, but I ended up in sports broadcasting because, um, a friend of mine at the time suggested I should go and check out Oklahoma state sports media program. And I thought, okay, you know, what, is this the direction that I want to go? Well, playing for the Dallas Diamonds, we would have reporters come out and do stories on us or do stories on our games. And one in particular, I cannot remember his name to save my life, but after I got done interviewing with him, I asked him about his job, kind of started picking his brain. And the last thing he said to me was, you know, every day is always different. I never know what's going to happen. And I love telling stories about people who wouldn't have that platform otherwise. And I thought to myself, man, that's one way to change the world. Like that is such a fun way. If you're going into your job every single day, knowing that you're going to be able to put a smile on not only your face, but someone else's face because they get an opportunity to have a platform and share a story that 
maybe somebody out there wouldn't hear otherwise sounded really, really exciting to me. And so that's why I ended up going to Oklahoma State, trying out the sports media program there, which was phenomenal because it was just an upstart program and got my hands super dirty, got to be able to do a little bit of everything, which turns out, by the way, is actually really good in this industry. Oh, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you have to write, produce, be on TV, be behind shoot the camera, all your own stuff. Yep. do radio, shoot all your own stuff, as you know so well. So that ended up being a huge plus um, in me getting my first job out in Dodge City and now to where we are now. Yep. And then he went to Wichita, KCTV5, and now we are sitting in this incredible facility. How did you know, I mean, this is obvious, how did you know this was the right place for you to be? <laughs> well, yes, as you can see, this is one of the reasons, but um, when I made the decision, it hadn't quite opened yet. So yeah. it is one of those decisions that there's so much that goes into it, right? Yeah. Making life decisions and making career changes from something that you thought that you were going to do for the rest of your life to something else, um, so much goes into it. Obviously, yeah. family is huge. My husband, Brad, my daughter, Cameron, they're two of my biggest supporters, my biggest fans, um, and obviously two of the biggest reasons why you make a decision. But I also think from my perspective, I love Kansas City. I love being in Kansas City. And as you know, a lot of times in order to advance in our career, you have to travel elsewhere right. um, to get those promotions and move on. But I just felt like there was unfinished business here with women's sports in Kansas City. And I talked to so many people about my role as a sports director in KC being the first, if not one of the first in that role, breaking the barriers from a radio standpoint and being one of the first women or part of the first all-female radio broadcast team to call a college football game yep. still blows my mind too. And saying that like we're a part of living history shouldn't be the case. And um, I think that's a big reason too why I ended up here is because the ownership group is literally changing the world. It's changing women's sports for the better. And you're seeing it firsthand, you know, just from this room alone and from this training facility. And when the stadium comes into play, that'll be another big factor. But that's also just the start of it. Like you're impacting all of these women on the roster. You're impacting other women's sports. You're giving them hope that this is going to be the norm someday. And I so badly wanted to be a part of that here in Kansas City where it's beginning, where it's kind of spawning, and so that it can impact other people and other women and get that message out there, I think is really, really important. So that's kind of why I'm making the shift. I'm leaving sports media, but also not, you know, I'm still very comfortable that it's still sports. Yeah. But one of my big goals in life is to help other women who are athletes have a platform to tell their stories, but also be successful at another level that they wouldn't have been before. Yeah. You know, I did a series over the last year about Title IX, and yeah. one of the women I talked to said, maybe there'll be a, a day where there are no more firsts for women, Yeah, which is an exciting thought to think about. But until then... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And having people like you knocking down these barriers is just so important. Um, and we talk about sharing stories. So this podcast is called Our Stories. Right. Um, how important is that for you in this role now to, to tell the stories of the women in this club off the pitch? That's it. That's yeah. the whole reason that these positions are where they are in communications and public relations is that my love originally getting into sports media was that I wanted to tell the stories behind the helmets, behind the kits, behind you know, whatever jersey they're wearing. Like so many people see the numbers and they see the stats and that's great. That gives you a better platform. That gives you more of an opportunity to express what you think is necessary, what gives you a platform to kind of change the world from the perspective that you want it changed. But I also think that there's so much more to each and every athlete that needs to be told. And so I think even the ones that, you know, aren't the stars or the international superstars have stories that can impact you at a different level than maybe you would have thought. And I mean, we've, we've had so many, you know, stories, I think in the sports media world where, um, it's even like the, the backup who has this incredible backstory with family, adversity, what they've overcome, um, their siblings, like you just, anything you can think of, that story's out there. And so I think to be able to tell these women's stories about how they've gotten to where they are and what they want to accomplish, I think is so important because it's really hard a lot of times, I think even now, to get that message across in women's sports because it still isn't at the top of the totem pole. And so to be able to build that, to create that, to help with that, I think this gives me a different view coming from the other side of things to be able to help establish those stories and those brands. Yeah. And being able to use sports as that lens, because I think people as a whole just find community in that and comfort. And so it's just the perfect platform to talk about things outside of sports as well. Yeah. Um, That just reminds me of a story when we were in New Orleans covering the... (laughs) Yeah. Should we be it's worried? Should we be concerned? Yeah. It oh, doesn't involve okay. like fighting anyone for an Uber <laughs> or anything like that. No, whatever involved. That would okay. never have happened. Sweet. Excellent. Um, <laughs> we were, uh, it was the day before the national championship and we had breakout interviews with players. Yes. And um, I'll never forget, you came up to me and KU was wearing um, Title IX on the back of their warm-up yeah. shirts. And you came up to me and you were like, what if we asked all the players what it meant to them to wear Title IX on the back of their jerseys in front of the 70,000 people here and right. the millions of people at home. So in the individual breakout sessions, we asked uh, Mitch Lightfoot, you know, all those guys, what it meant to them to yeah. be able to use that platform. And um, we were able to, in Topeka and Kansas City, share that message of how important Title IX was on the biggest stage of college basketball. And 
it was your idea and you're the best. Well, it was no, so interesting. No, <laughs> and it, it's sharing those stories yeah. that nobody would have thought to ask otherwise. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's just a warm-up. Like, it's just a warm-up jersey, right? Yeah. Like, And there's a lot of words that go into that. But to be able to see that, and we saw that on a night-in and night-out basis, it just sparked something in me because you also know the backstories. Like, Christian Brown was yeah. one of the best responses oh, because his yeah. mom was an absolute stud at at Missouri and so for him to have that perspective of being able to support women's sports like would he be here without what his mom had done would he have that same kind of background that same kind of passion um without her accomplishments you don't know but he gives a lot of credit to her for his competitive fire uh which I think is really cool and I think it's so important to be able to know those backstories of the players and for them to be able to share that too because that stuff is really really special and there are a lot of different topics and a lot of different things across the board that it's important to dig up those stories and just to ask. And I think a yeah. lot of people sometimes just don't ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. And you could see them, you know, it was the first time they had been asked about that since wearing those jerseys. <laughs> yeah. And it was really cool to see the different responses. And, you yeah. know, Mitch has his little sister and stuff. So you yep. could see how it kind of struck a chord for a lot of these guys. So, um, yeah, just the stories beyond the the numbers are super interesting. But pulling out those other stories is it's just so important in this this job yeah because even Ochi i mentioned that his sister played yeah. volleyball and yep. was talking about how title nine is so important for her to be able to have that platform too and so you have these these families now that are athletic families and they get to completely like revolve their entire life around sports and how they get to where they are like i know that you and i are very much on the same page when sports can develop you at a different level mentally physically yeah. um and even just like from a spiritual level that you yeah wouldn't have without sports and without that team camaraderie. So I think to be able to have that equal opportunity as both men and women, I think is really important, especially in a family environment. Yeah. So I wrote my master's thesis on Title IX. And as I was doing that, I realized I knew nothing about the history. Um, as someone who is, you know, my education was funded by because of Title IX, right. you know, athletic scholarship, my career going into sports broadcasting, none of that would have happened with the people who came before us. Um, and so with the 50th anniversary, it's just so cool to reflect on how far we've come, but also like, I feel like it's this collective moment of taking stock of how much farther we still need to go. And this club is the perfect picture of leading that, not just in Kansas City, but in the world. And how fresh it is. You you say that, and I know a lot of women are benefiting from Title IX and don't realize how new this opportunity really is. Yeah. I mean, to be able to talk to parents and even grandparents and great grandparents. The NCAA started um, sponsoring women's basketball in 82, 10 years after Title IX even Wild. passed. Yeah. The AIAW was only by women for women. That was the first decade of college sports for women. And those are things you just, you know, don't hear about now because we grew up with right. knowing sports was an option for us. Yeah. But women not that long ago, you know, our grandmothers didn't have that at all. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting to take stock of how recent all this is. I'm flipping the script a little bit and I'm going to ask Maria a question, but what, 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 what sparked it for you to dig into that? Because I think a lot of women like yourself and myself, we get into these sports because we love them because we want to play them, but you don't really research the history. And I think you see a lot of that with men's sports too. And that like, Hey, do you know the history of your organization? A lot of guys will be like, uh, no, but I here to impact it well are you impacting it if you don't know the history of it so why did you decide to start digging into it yeah it's hard to know where to go if you don't know where you came from right so I I started writing my master's thesis because the conference I played in the Mountain West the attendance gap across the country for men's and women's basketball is significant yeah um it was even worse in the Mountain West at the time it was about 2,000 people more was the split 
Um, this was a couple years ago, but uh, so I looked at how how are we promoting men versus women in the conference, and I looked at Twitter specifically, and among Mountain West schools, the difference was like two to one. And so when the attendance gap is so significant, but you look at the promotion of these two teams and you see that we're telling people to come to men's games, we're tweeting about their results, we're talking about them more, it's, we can bridge that gap, you know? So that's why I started my master's thesis. And then when I came to uh, my last station, WIBW, the CBS station in Topeka, I was the first woman sports director and that station's been around for like 65 years now. So when I saw the 50th anniversary of Title IX was coming up, I love storytelling. We share a passion for mm-hmm. that. I just thought it would be the perfect opportunity to uh, talk to the women who got us here. So I learned so much. I talked to, you know, Billie Jean Moore, who coached the first Olympics team in, in 76. Um, Jackie Stiles, who, you know, picked up that torch in 2001 and had an incredible career and put all eyes in the country on women's basketball. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of stories of motivation and encouragement that got, you know, going, but also stories of like, I remember Linda Hargrove said something to the effect, and this is paraphrased, but like, I wonder what my opportunities would be like now had I had these opportunities 50 years ago. You know, so it was just, it it uh, it helps you take stock of where we come from yeah. so you can know how we keep going forward. I love that. Yeah. I, I just had to ask because, yeah. of course, that's me putting my reporter <laughs> that's a short answer, on. answer, yeah. I know, right? As we're, like, discussing things and just, yeah, you know, like, this is what we do. Like, these are, yeah. these are our coffee sessions. Just yeah. in case you guys were wondering, this is what, these are the <laughs> weird tangents and stuff that we go yeah. on. But I think it's really good for people to be able to hear that background because you're doing something here that you're, you're also breaking barriers. You broke barriers in Topeka and are doing it now here in Kansas City. So yeah. well, this as, is so cool. As you mentioned, like, sports are so important and and brought us a lot of, you know, physical things, but they brought me my friends when I was growing up. Yeah. It was an outlet in high school. It was my education in college. And now it's, you know, a lot of my career. So, um, yeah, we owe a lot to women before us and, and we owe it to them to pick up the baton and keep going. I could not agree more. And I, I go back to the fact that, you know, it brings families together. Yeah. It, creates that sense of identity that maybe you wouldn't have before. And it also empowers you, I think, in a lot of ways that, you know, women hadn't been empowered before. And um, even from just a physical standpoint, the opportunity to work out in a different way and to play the same sports that men play is something that literally builds a family dynamic, builds friendships, builds your future, builds you as a human being. And that's why I love sports, because there's so many different dimensions to it that that make you who you are as a person. Yeah, even if you don't play at the college or the professional level, I mean, the confidence, when you see little kids playing soccer, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so good for girls and for women developing that confidence and teamwork and leadership. And and uh, the fact that we have these opportunities today is awesome and we just need to keep going. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we go, the okay. podcast is called Our Stories. So this yes. is the first one, but I think we're going to do this on every show. Oh. If people could take away one message from your story... <sighs> What would it be? Oh, that's a good question. No pressure. Yeah. Um, I think it's just recognizing that every woman and person should be confident enough in their self to know, like, we don't always know where we're going. We don't know where our path is going to lead us. And for me, my big thing is that I rely on my faith and the good Lord has opened a lot of doors that I didn't think would have been opened otherwise. So Believing that you have the ability to change the world, I think one day at a time, is so important to sit back and reflect on and embrace because it's not just sports, anything in general, anything you do. I joke with a lot of my colleagues as I was going through um, 
the industry in that every day before I would go down to do my sports cast or I would put together a story. And I think maybe you've probably heard me say this is that I'd be like, all right, guys, let's go change the world. Yep. Okay. Let's change the world. Yep. And it sounds so cliche and people will laugh at me because they're like, oh, right. All right. We're going to do a press conference and change the world. All right. We're going to walk through the door and I'm going to, you know, do my nine to five and change the world, even though I'm not doing anything. You are. You're impacting the people, not only that you're covering, but the people that you work with, the people that you're around, your family, every single day, every person that you come into contact with, you are literally changing their world. So I think that is so important um, that you need to realize that everything that you do is impacting other people around you and things for the greater good. So that is my one legacy that I hope that I leave whenever someday I depart this earth is that we, we create that butterfly effect and we change the people that we're around. And so I'm grateful for you and all of the people here at KCSN because they have all impacted my world and changed my world. So thank you very much for doing that. Well, you've changed mine as well. And this place is changing the world. And you being here is just so important and so special. And I cannot wait to see where this goes. I can't wait to see what you do here in Kansas City, too. I'm so blessed and excited to have you here. And I am so excited to see how the Kansas City Current and Hopefully my role here changes the world too. You're the best. Not as good as you. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.